0: And Oladipo wants it again. Approaching two minutes to play. With the left hand and authority! McKee gets it in the middle for the win! It's nine. Four
2: tenths of a second! One of the greatest clutch playoff performers of his generation has apparently done it again. What's going on, Pacer fans? Welcome back to another episode here of Setting the Pace here on PacersTalk.net. I'm your host, Alex Golden. Now, on today's episode, there will be no Mike Focci, no Tyler Smith. I was actually joined by Stephen Cameron from the close-up Magic to preview this game against Atlanta Magic tomorrow night. In addition to that, we also talked about Aaron Gordon, uh, his injuries, Nikola Vucevic's injuries, but more importantly, I wanted to talk about Aaron Gordon and, you know, what Steven thought his future would be with the Orlando Magic, and I know a lot of Pacer fans still have interest in Aaron Gordon. If some of you don't have interest, don't worry. Uh, The conversation was not based around you know what the Pacers could give up for Aaron Gordon, but just what his availability might be and what the Orlando Magic might be looking for in return, not necessarily from the Pacers, but from the entire NBA. So uh, it was a really good conversation. You'll get to know a lot more about the Magic when you listen to this episode. And, of course, we discussed the Pacers and what they have been doing well and how they can attack the Orlando Magic's uh, weaknesses. So in addition to that, the Pacers released their new city uniforms today, Oh my gosh, guys, these these are the best jerseys I've seen the Pacers come up with. Uh, a couple years ago, they had the Navy and Gold ones that were a replica of this, but these white jerseys are so clean. I absolutely love them. I think they're the best Pacers jerseys they've ever made, and I really wish they were the permanent jerseys, and I hope they can wear them in the playoffs because ultimately, uh, these jerseys just need to be worn. They need to be on the court as much as possible because they are that fire. And, uh, and also, some more good news. Victor Oladipo was a full participant of practice today. That is awesome. I mean, he played in the scrimmage with no setbacks. Now, that does not mean that he is ready to come back for uh, the, the team and be a part of the team right now. He, he is just in the process of getting better. He scrimmaged with the Mad Ants, uh, Sunday. He went to Fort Wayne. The Mad Ants were here last week. He played with them. And then he was now playing with the Pacers roster so it's really just good to see him be incorporated with them unfortunately no Malcolm Brogdon uh it looks like he'll probably be out again against the Orlando Magic on Saturday not really sure what is going on with him the Pacers have been pretty quiet about it according to reports so yeah we're still you kind of know uh left without knowing what's going on with him so hopefully Brogdon gets healthy but you know back spasms back issues they're not easy to get over so just trusting that they're taking their time with him and they're not going to rush him back the good news is Jeremy Lamb is back. He'll be in the starting lineup. Now, we, we still aren't sure who's going to start at the point guard position because T.J. McConnell is back as well. So it'll be between Aaron Holiday and T.J. McConnell. I would I would guess it'll still be Aaron Holiday, and they'll keep T.J. McConnell with that second unit like they've been doing. Uh, still not sure, but I would, I would guess Aaron Holiday starts. And then Edmund Sumner, some news on him, he got his brace taken off. So the return of Edmund Sumner is coming back soon, and that means that there's going to be, some major log jams in the rotation. So um, with Malcolm Brogdon being hurt, that definitely helps the rotation and gets more guys in. But at the end of the day, you want this roster fully healthy so you can see what's going on. So before we jump into our conversation here with Stephen Cameron, I want to let you guys know there is a new article out on PacersTalk.net. It's called Pacers Talk Roundtable, where all of our staff writers for PacersTalk.net answered six questions about the Pacers' play so far this season. Uh, We look at the the past, the present, and the future of this team. So hope you guys enjoyed that article. I'm going to get out of the way, and here's my conversation with Stephen Cameron. All right, everybody. Joining me right now on Setting the Pace is a good friend of mine. He was just recently married, and he is a huge Orlando Magic fan. He covers the Magic for the Close-Up Magic podcast Ladies and gentlemen, give it up for Stephen Cameron. Stephen, what's up?
1: Alex, what a very nice welcome onto the show. I uh, did not expect that nice of a welcome. I appreciate that. Um, <laughs> chilling, man. Ready to ready to see what happens with our game tomorrow between the Pacers and the Magic. How are you this evening?
2: Oh, I'm doing well. Uh, it's Thursday night when we're recording this, so uh, just getting this recording in before the Colts play on Thursday Night Football. They have a huge game against the Houston Texans. Uh, a lot of playoff implications there but you know Pacer fans here are ready to talk about these Orlando magic we've already played you guys once in Orlando the Pacers came out uh, in the second half and really just took control of that game after Orlando probably had one of their best offensive games in that first half and so uh, recent news injuries to both Aaron Gordon and Nikola Vucevic as well as Michael Carter Williams so Steven what's going on with your magic man
1: You know, it's really unfortunate that we have these injuries right now because the Magic were just starting to turn the season around a little bit. They started very cold um, going two of six uh, for the first eight games and then recently turning it around, starting to somewhat figure things out um, and had a, you know, going into last night's game versus the Raptors. They were six and seven um, and things were starting to come together. The offense was improving, but then – Twelve minutes into the game, we lose Aaron Gordon and with um, sprains. Both just random accidents on the court, and it's it's going to be a bit of a different team. Um, and, and we'll really see what happens. You know, the, the it's going to be a different team for sure. Um, we'll see that they were going to come for the Pacers with a little bit of revenge because, like you said, that that Pacers game was the first time we really saw. The Magic's offense start to click together in that first half before it all fell apart, and uh, they were ready to come and attack. But you know, with with the injuries being the second game of a road trip, um, who knows what sort of types of practices they'll be able to get in beforehand? So it's going to be an interesting game. I'm interested to see what Coach Clifford does to distribute the offensive load um, and how he handles that center rotation.
2: Yeah, no, that's definitely going to be something to keep an eye on. I think he'll get his guy, Kim Burchin in there now in the rotation. But uh, Mo Bamba, a guy that was, you know, a highly touted draft pick and has just not really developed and performed like the rest of that draft class has. So, uh, looking at Mo Bomba, what kind of problems can he bring to the Pacers? And you know, what are you looking forward to seeing in him now at this opportunity?
1: You know, to be honest, Alex, I wouldn't be surprised if they move Kem Burch into the starting lineup and leave uh-huh. Mo Bamba in the second unit. He is still playing on – they're not calling it a minutes restriction, but he hasn't really played more than 15 minutes on any game this season so far. Um, what Mo Bamba needs to focus on right now is just being in the right place at the right time and keeping his hands up and then making open shots when the ball gets in his hands and he's uh, able to do that. Right now, Obama's biggest uh, biggest weakness is we'll see him have some beautiful transitions for two or three plays, play some really solid defense, block a shot, you know, roll to the rim, get a dunk, um, you know, small things like that. He can do that for small sections of times, but he has a hard time doing that the entire um, section of playing minutes that he has during a game. Um, So we just right now, we need him to do something consistently. Um, I think that we will see a more aggressive Mo Bamba tomorrow, knowing that he doesn't have Nikola Vucevic on the court and that this is his time to start to step up. I think we'll see an energetic Mo Bamba, um, really just trying to be aware and everywhere on the court. That is my hope. Will that happen? I'm not sure. But that's what needs to happen for him to be an effective player in tomorrow's game with the Pacers.
2: Yeah, I'm excited to see Mo Bamba uh, go against Miles Turner, two Texas centers. Uh, love to see the battle of the Texas centers. And so uh, Turner is now in his third game back. The Pacers are starting to get healthy. Uh, looks like Malcolm Brogdon will probably be out for this game, so that's good news for you guys. But the Pacers will be getting Jeremy Lamb back, T.J. McConnell back, uh, all guys that were dealing with injuries. So uh, the Pacers' backcourt was pretty uh, injury-riddled right there for the last couple of games they had to call Naz Mitru-Long up from the the G League to play back a point guard. Uh, The only other two guards they had on the rotation were Aaron Holiday and Justin Holiday. So it was just kind of a a, a tough situation there for the Pacers. But they they overcame. They won by 26 points, I believe it was, against the Brooklyn Nets on Monday. Uh, Aaron Holiday had a career night. Sabonis had a career night in rebounds with 18. Justin Holiday put up 20 as well as the first time two brothers have scored 20 points together. So, you know, the Pacers really have just been getting contributions from all of their uh, their players, really, despite all the injuries they've had. You know, there's, uh, for a while, there, Jakar Sampson. Uh, I don't even know if Orlando Magic fans are even familiar with who Jakar Sampson is, but he uh, was signed to, like, a 10-day contract, I think, last year with the Chicago Bulls at the end of the season, was headed overseas to play the Pacers, gave him a, a, a nice deal to basically be the 15th man on the roster and he was starting for the Pacers when Turner went out with Nexus a bonus. So, just, just kind of tell you what the Pacers have been going through. So, 8-6 and six for the Pacers. You know, they honestly could be 10-4, and 11-3 uh, if uh, a couple things have gone their way in a couple different games. But with all the injuries they've had, they've really been doing pretty well. Getting contributions from all over the, the roster. And, you know, I, I think this is going to be a tough game for the Orlando Magic. Especially with both Aaron Gordon and Vucevic out. But... Pacer fans are all familiar with one of the most annoying Pacer killers there is, and that is the guy off the bench for you guys, Terrence Ross. It's like Terrence Ross sees the Pacers on the calendar, and he's just he's just licking his chops, man, because he is so excited to to go out there and light the Pacers up because he does it almost every game. So uh, he does. So, does he do that just against the Pacers, or is he doing this against other teams too?
1: He's doing it against other teams, too, but he seems to really show for the Pacers. I don't know why, but um, he likes to come out and and really show his stuff. Um, I mean, let's just say uh, last time he played, it wasn't a great game, but he came out and had 12 points. And really every game since the last time Indiana and Orlando matched up, uh, Terrence Ross has scored double digits um, every single game since then, the past five games. And his three-point shot is starting to come around. uh, He was another player that... Started off very slow this season with his scoring and three point shooting, and has mm-hmm. since turned it around um, and getting back into the high thirties on a regular nightly basis in his shooting percentages of the three. So, but he's going to do the typical Terrence Ross thing. He's going to run, run, uh, turn off curls, shoot contested shots um he's gonna be the one two-man offense on that second unit especially with the magic not having the depth of being able to bring in a player like aaron gordon with that second unit to help generate more offense um you know but terrence ross makes tough shots and he seems to always do it against indiana i would expect another 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 Good performance from him tomorrow, especially with the added pressure of needing to generate offense for this team. He is someone that can handle a bigger offensive role and we fully expect him to take a bigger offensive role. Um, You know, him and DJ Augustine really kind of run that second unit right now with Markel Fultz starting. So we're going to need both of them to shoot if they're going to have any chance of staying with you guys. But recently the second unit has been what has been blowing the magic leads. So We'll see if they can handle it defensively. Um, Offensively, they should be able to put up some points, but defensively, that's where the question marks are coming with the second unit right now.
2: All right, well, I want to know more about your first unit because with all the injuries, I'm not even sure who's starting. So what is the projected starting five for the Orlando Magic tomorrow?
1: Great question, Alex. My projected starting five hasn't come out yet. No one's saying who the starters will be. Um, But we'll see. Markel Foltz and Evan Fournier definitely be the one and two. Um, They're probably going to have Isaac at the three. Alfarouk Amino slid in for Isaac um, when he tweaked his ankle a few games back okay. at the four. So Alfarouk Amino will come in at the three. I don't think we'll see much of a defensive slippage between him and Aaron Gordon. Um, so that should still be good there. And then I bet they bring in Ken Burch as our center um, tomorrow versus the Pacers. It should be a good matchup. Ken Burch definitely brings defensive toughness. Alfarouk Amino is a grinder. Um, defensively, the starting unit should be able to keep up with the pacers the it's whether they can generate enough offense losing gordon and Vucevic, who they really ran that that offense through in the first unit um i expect bigger usage rates out of jonathan isaac and markel fultz tomorrow and we can probably expect to see a little hero ball with evan fournier who tends to try and take over the offense a bit at times
2: yeah i mean fournier has his moments against the pacers as well i mean I like Fournier. I feel like I'm kind of in the minority when I say that. I feel like a lot of Orlando Magic fans are not the biggest Fournier fans, possibly because he's a little overpaid. I mean, I don't think he's worth what he's making, but I do think that he's he's solid. I mean, I think he'd be best off the bench on a good team, and I think that the Orlando Magic could probably upgrade at the shooting guard position, but that's just me looking from the outside then, so I don't really know. I don't watch the Orlando Magic enough, but... Uh, I want to know more about Markel Fultz because obviously that's the storyline that a lot of people are intrigued by because number one draft pick a couple of years ago went through multiple injuries, was traded basically for nothing, and now he is starting here for the Magic. I mean, I think it was a great investment for Orlando to try and get Markel, but what are some things that he's done good and some things he's done bad?
1: Yeah, for sure. Well, done bad but done bad with confidence is shooting the ball um we'll just start with the negatives right away he is not he's not shooting the three well um but he's taking shots he's averaging hold on let me get to it um ch- ch- sorry uh i think he's averaging somewhere around like three to five three-pointers per game um and you know what he's not hitting him he's only shooting him at about 20 percent right now but he's taking him with confidence the good thing is his free throw shot is at eighty-two percent this year, so his shot is coming back. It's just not going in. Um the good thing that Markel Fultz can do is he can get to the basket, and he can get to the basket with ease. And then his passing, he is his passing is, in my opinion, very underrated. He is a wizard. You will see some crazy behind the back passes tomorrow. You will see some times where he just gets in the lane and is passing through traffic to get to the open shooters or the guys running to the rim behind him. He can just get where he wants with the ball. So you can expect a lot of drives from Markel Fultz um, and just really passing to open shooters when he can or with guys rolling to the rim behind him. Um, what you can expect tomorrow is him probably missing a couple wide open three shots as your guys go underneath screens on the pick and roll with him. Um that's probably what you can expect. He might hit one or two, but more than likely he's going to miss them. And that's okay for now. Um, we just want him taking him with confidence at this point. He can fix the shot later. But he's been a blessing to have on this team. He earned his starting role um, you know, six games into the season, and, and he really just opens up. The other players that we have on this team, he is driving to the lane with ease, which just is creating space for our shooters. Um, and, and it's been a nice pleasure to have because it's something DJ Augustine can do, but not nearly as effective as Markel Fultz.
2: Yeah, and I mean, I think that's expected. I think there's just so much more athleticism in Fultz as well. And you know, you mentioned he's not a great three point shooter. How is he at finishing in traffic? I mean, is he doing a oh, good beautiful. job? Okay.
1: So, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. It's just no, that you're exciting. Good. He, he finishes with – he's got the one of the softest touches the Magic have on finishing at the rim in traffic and creating contact. Um, I mean the other night, I think it was – it wasn't against Toronto, um, but it was against the team we played right before that, the 76ers. I think he went seven from seven on the three-point li- on the foul line. So he's getting to the line. He's not afraid of contact. Um, you know it, He will go to the basket with defenders there and yeah. do what he needs to do. So. Yeah, so
2: I'm I'm not sure who the Pacers starting five will be. Um, I, I know who the four will be. It'll be Jeremy Lamb, T.J. Warren, Miles Turner, Demonte Sabonis. And then at the point guard position, McMillan likes to go with veterans, so he could go with T.J. McConnell. But I also know that he likes the chemistry that McConnell has with the veterans on the bench. So he might stick with Aaron Holiday. I think Aaron Holiday might be a better defensive matchup for Markel Fultz. But, um, you know, starting next to him, obviously, Jeremy Lamb, you know, I think both of them might be able to switch off and on uh, with Fournier and Fultz as well defensively. So, yeah, what's up? If
1: you, don't, if you don't mind me asking, I've always had a curiosity with Jeremy Lamb since his Charlotte days. How has he fit with the Pacers? I don't think Magic fans, um, like you said, they're probably not watching a ton of Pacers games like you're not watching a ton of Magic games. How has he really changed the dynamic of the Pacers this year?
2: Well, this will be his first game back from an ankle injury that he's missed uh, a handful of games I think the last time he played was at Charlotte I'm pretty sure that's what happened yeah the last time we played in Charlotte was about 2 weeks ago so okay. so yeah so he's been off but when he's been out there he's he's really looked good offensively just just like an NBA ready guard you know for a while there we had Edmund Sumner filling in for him uh, Justin Holiday who is a veteran but you can just tell with his size that he's just more physical with other players he's a able to get to the basket. He's a good shooter. He was really just a scoring threat the Pacers really missed. So, you know, getting him back into the lineup will be huge for the scoring production and it'll help create some more, you know, penetration from the wings because for a while there, I mean, you know, Justin Holliday, like I said, he's, he's a good veteran. He's one of my favorite players on the team, but he's more of a you know, a glue guy, a guy that's just going to do the little things, not somebody you expect to do a lot of things. But, you know, T.J. Warren's a good driver. Brogdon's a good driver. Aaron Holliday's a good driver. I mean, that's what the Pacers really focused on this offseason was getting guys that can create their own shots because if you've seen the Pacers the last couple years, they didn't have that outside of Oladipo. So that was one of the big things that they targeted this year was going out and getting guys that can create their own shots. And while T.J. McConnell does not shoot a three-ball at all, like he doesn't hardly even take them. He'll <laughs> he'll just drive to the the baseline, look for cutters. I mean, McConnell's going to be somebody that you're going to hate off the bench because he's just going to do all the little things. I think having a veteran point guard like DJ Augustine might kind of counteract uh, what McConnell does uh, because a lot of times in the league right now, and a lot of teams the Pacers have played, they haven't had like veteran point guards off the bench. It's been younger guys. So sure. McConnell McConnell uses his you know leadership and is better in play to take advantage when there's opportunities but at the end of the day I mean I, I think that depth wise in my opinion the Pacers are probably a little bit better depth wise than Orlando especially without Aaron Gordon and Vucevic but you know I'm just I'm just trying to figure out where all the scoring is going to come from because if it's only going to come from your backcourt then I think that you know the Pacers have an advantage there uh, even though they're missing their starting backcourt.
1: You know, Alex, your question about where the offense is going to come from is the same question I have, to be quite honest with you. Uh, it'll be really interesting. We we got lucky last year with a very, very, very healthy season. I think between our five starters combined, they only missed 16 games altogether. Wow. Um, and so it was an extremely healthy year. So we didn't have to see a lot of starting lineup changes. And Cliff was able to run – very similar, consistent offense with the front unit or with the starting unit. This year, we're facing adversity with injuries right away, um, and, and it's really gonna see. It's really gonna be interesting to see what happens. Um, someone to keep your eyes on tomorrow is Jonathan Isaac. I think he is in for a massive game, and I believe they will rely on him to score the ball. He has had some very nice, efficient scoring. Nights this year so far um, multiple games above 15 points a game and that's with him being really the fourth or fifth option to score the ball and he can easily handle a little bit more of a load um, when it comes to the offense and that's something that Magic fans are really looking forward to see see him have a little bit more opportunity to you know to to handle the ball more and shoot more open threes so We'll see if that will happen tomorrow or not. That's something I'm looking forward to. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised to see if we if we get a big game out of Jonathan Isaac as being one of the more um, leading scores on the Magic tomorrow. Maybe a 20-point game coming from him. We'll see.
2: And, and that's kind of what I wanted to touch on here uh, before we got off the phone because I wanted to know more about Jonathan Isaac. I've heard so many great things about him. I know he's a defensive guru. Uh, I don't really know about his offensive game as much, but I loved him when he was in the draft from Florida State just felt like he was kind of somebody people were sleeping on, and he was kind of the unknown. He just had weird measurements and, like, you know, so lengthy and so big and can play the three, can play the four. I think a lot of people were really intrigued by what he brought to the table, but there were so many question marks with him. And, you know, I'm a fan of Jonathan Isaac. I I root for the kid, and I think that without Gordon, without Busevich, this is going to be a huge opportunity for him to showcase what he's got.
1: Yeah, yeah, this is going to be a great time for him and, and, and even, and Fultz is too, you know, they're, those two, I think, like I said earlier, they're going to have a much bigger role in the offense. Um, defensively, he can be the best defender on the floor, uh, on any team, going against any team. He is, I think, second in the league right now in blocks. Um, and and really looking like a first team caliber all you know defensive team player. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if in another year or two he is in the talks of defensive player of the year. That's how good he has looked this year. Um, he just makes all the small adjustments with his feet to get the right angles when he's defending someone. He's very quick with steals and running in transition, turning his defense into offense. And it's you know in the paint he can guard. Anyone between a uh, you know a small forward, uh, some some of the, some of the larger guards to centers. He's six eleven, so it's it, he's a monster defensively. Offensively, that's where things are starting to develop more for him as well. Um, this year, we're starting to see him get more comfortable with the ball in his hand. He's not going to be the guy driving to the basket with the ball in his hand all the time, but I can expect him to do that a few more times. He's doing. All of his offensive work without anything being called for him. So he's just playing within the offense. I think tomorrow we'll see more plays called for Jonathan Isaac, which is exciting. Um, he's not a great three-point shooter, but it's starting to get better. He's shooting the three at 32% right now. Um, the last couple of games, let's see. I'm going to run down. Yeah, so the last couple of games he's shot the ball. I'll just I'll go the last five, 50%, uh, 33%, and 50% um so those last three games because he was out for a few games i apologize in the game before that he did miss all of his threes so like his threes are still pretty streaky but you know he's a great cutter um he's great in transition and he'll turn his defense into offense real fast and that's where jonathan isaac really thrives um he just needs to get better and more consistent at shooting open threes
2: so defensively do you think he'll be guarding miles turner or sabonis
1: Ooh, that's a question. Um, so let me ask who's who is traditionally playing like center for you guys, or is it just switching so, all the time? So Turner is our center on defense,
2: and then on offense, Sabonis plays more center. He's more involved in the pick and roll. Where a lot of times Turner is playing more the stretch four, where he's just being, you know, his his three point shot. They they've been using him more to spread the floor. Now you'll see some pick and pop action with Turner. Occasionally when Sabonis is on the, on the bench Or just to give Sabonis a break But most of the time All of the offense is running through Sabonis
1: You'll probably see Jonathan Isaac on Sabonis then for sure. Okay. Um, he's the guy that's going to handle the larger offensive assignment for sure. And then they'll stick Al Farouk Aminu on uh, Miles Turner, um, or actually they'll probably stick Kemba on Miles Turner yeah. as well. So um, that's more like uh, yeah, Kemba the, the center, whoever is the starting center will be on Miles Turner. Um, Jonathan Isaac will be. Like I said, guarding the heavier offensive player. Um, and then Al Farouk can easily switch on that player as well. He is a very underrated defender, um, Farouk. And that and, was actually uh, one of
2: the signings that I really was intrigued by. I thought Portland just kind of let him go and undervalued him. I felt like Al Farouk would have been a great fit on a lot of teams. And, you know, he went to Orlando, a defensive-minded team as well. And I think that that just really fits into his niche. You know, offensively, he's still – Uh, inconsistent is a good word to describe his offensive game totally because he can hit four or four from three one night and then the next night go to a seven so it's just one of those things with amina you know what you're going to get but i think he plays hard solid defender a great teammate i think somebody that you know i think he'll probably draw the assignment of tj warren and you'll probably see fournier on lamb and i think you know if there's any pick and roll situations there with sabonis and tj warren you'll see Isaac and Aminu pretty much just being interchangeable, switching everything. And I I think that'll be problematic for the Pacers, but I also think that just the strength of Sabonis. Uh, This year, Sabonis has just been on a tear on the rebounds. I don't know if you've seen some of his rebounding numbers, but over the last five games, the guy's averaging like 15.5 rebounds a game. He's been a monster on the glass. So, I mean, the 18 rebounds he had the other night, I mean, he's had like two or three 17 rebound nights, 16 rebound nights. I mean, the, the guy's just phenomenal on the glass, and I think Isaac's going to have his hands full going up against Sabonis, not just because Sabonis is a, probably a little bit bigger than him in weight, but Sabonis is incredibly smart, and you guys know that about Vucevic, yep. uh, that European basketball player. They they just they, There's just something about them. They know the game differently, have such a great passing, uh, great feel for making the right pass, getting guys involved. Uh, the screens that he set are just—they're just wear you out. I mean, Markel Fultz and Evan Fournier and Alfred Camino; those guys are going to get sick and tired of Sabonis setting screens on them because he's just a dog, and and his screens hurt. So I think that I'm a huge Sabonis fan. So if I'm getting a little excited, I apologize. Oh, it's but, okay. But I just want Magic fans to know that are listening to this on your podcast that Sabonis is a problem, and I think that they probably remember that from the last time we played. I think he had 16 sure. rebounds, four assists. And I believe it was 21 points. I mean, just a monster game from Sabonis. And I think the same could happen again uh, Saturday in, in Indiana.
1: I wouldn't be surprised. I, we're going to see a lot of switching on Sabonis with Isaac and uh, Alfarouk Aminu tomorrow. It's it's going to be a really fun matchup just in general. I mean, Sabonis is fun to watch. I, I enjoy watching him too. I don't know if you remember this, but Sabonis was originally drafted by the oh, Magic. Yeah, and we so we was traded the him. Debo, So Right, right, right. So, you know, those are two players that Magic players, uh, Magic fans love to, you know, pay attention to um, and, and, and also kind of ignore as well if that makes sense you know they don't want to think about the past as well um but you know anyways it's going to be a fun matchup regardless uh they do like to stick isaac on the three a lot so that'll be fun to see him maybe play a little bit on tj warren as well um the the, the magic defense love to switch and that's really They're where so
2: good defensively too this year
1: yeah we really are outside of our last game where we suffered our two injuries with uh with uh gordon and vucevic we've been a top 10 defense most of this season and part of the season we were even a top five so um things are still coming together for this team it's it's gonna be a battle um you know again i think defensively we'll be able to keep the game close it's offensively we'll be able to put put any points on the board that's where the biggest things are gonna happen
2: are you predicting a pacers win then saturday
1: I'm going to be honest, yeah. Alex, I am predicting a Pacers win. I just don't think this team is going to be able to have enough practice time and enough court time to put it all together with Rusevich going to be out four-plus weeks. Um, Aaron Gordon is – most likely out for tomorrow. They haven't really come out and said anything on that yet, but um, they are saying it all depends on his recovery and when he's going to come back. Um, It doesn't sound like it's going to be as bad as Vucevic's, but I wouldn't be surprised if AG misses the entire road trip, and I just think it's going to take another game and a couple more practices for them to kind of get the offense together, but this team is surprising. Uh, Last year when the Magic did their best is when they were underdogs and people weren't expecting them to do well, and that's when they showed up and just really kind of changed people's minds. So it's going to be a fight tomorrow, a fight that I kind of expect us to lose. But, you know, anything can happen on in the NBA. We'll see.
2: Yeah, that's true. And the Pacers have not played since Monday. They've had a huge break because they had so many games early on. They had played three and four nights and have been playing pretty much every other night since the season started. So this was their longest break i think of the entire season and the pacers have a four game home stretch here as well so really you know a, a nice part of the schedule for the pacers sure oladipo was back at practice today uh still no timetable uh for when that we was going to be a
1: question for all the yeah. magic fans we love yeah. knowing about oladipo how's how's he looking so far what's what's up with him
2: yeah so you know he's he's starting to scrimmage he had no setbacks today The timetable is still mid December, uh, January, which is fine. You know, I mean, some Pacers fans might have wanted him to come back earlier, but. I just want him to be healthy when he gets back. This season, really, I mean, the Pacers are so young. Their oldest player is Justin Holiday at 30. The next oldest is, I think, Oladipo at 27. So that just tells you how young this team is and the way they were built. It's not really for this year. It's, you know, for the next three years to grow these young players together um, and see what this team can do once they get this chemistry and they have their core six together. So, honestly, you know, I'm just, I'm a huge fan of, What the Pacers are doing I think Oladipo returning to this lineup once he's fully healthy Malcolm Brogdon not playing on Saturday could be a little bit of a problem uh, especially when the Pacers start playing uh, teams that have rational on guards you know Markel Fultz is still a work in progress but like you know when he went out against the Rockets I mean there was nobody to guard James Harden Uh, Russell Westbrook was horrible in that game but he hit big shots towards the end of the game and just imagining Oladipo and Brogdon out there instead of Justin Holiday and Aaron Holiday it yeah, it gets you big excited upgrade. you know it gets you excited and we saw what Brogdon did last year in the playoffs with the Bucks he was arguably their second best player so you know i, I think that the bucks losing brogdon makes them worse and I think Philadelphia is probably a little bit worse than they were last year, even though a lot of people will say, oh, they're better because of the players they've added. I think their bench is worse, and I think they missed the shooting of J.J. Reddick. They missed the leadership and the go-to scoring of Jimmy Butler. I would not be surprised if Tobias Harris is moving once again. I know he's got an Orlando Magic tie there as well. So would not be surprised if uh, he is moved again. But um, the question I wanted to ask you is because a couple years ago, the Pacers were tied to have interest in Aaron Gordon. Now, uh, I I guess you could say Aaron Gordon has been good, but he has probably not met expectations of most Magic fans. They probably want him to be something better than what he is. Do you think that there is any possibility that the Magic dangle him in a trade?
1: All right, Alex, good question. So here's the problem with Aaron Gordon. He has been stuck behind a... Not the most modern offense. You're right. We're in an NBA league where most offenses aren't run through centers that much anymore. And we are playing that way. And Aaron Gordon is playing on one of the slowest-paced teams in the NBA. We might be the slowest. Now, I haven't checked in a few days, but we are always around the bottom three in pace. And he is a freak-of-nature athlete that needs to be running, playing quick. He's best in transition and just pushing the pace. And that's not how we play. We play a very half-court style of basketball, which really slows things down for him um, and, and allows him to almost overthink too much when the ball's in his hand. So that's where some of my frustrations with him have been, and part of that is on roster construction. Um, I think that unless a bona fide all-star is coming back in some form of a larger trade package, I don't think we see Aaron Gordon moved at this deadline, maybe at the summer. uh, But at this point, there's really no reason to move him Unless it's a all-star caliber guard, and at that point, I think it's a larger package than just player for player. It might be a couple of players and picks for the next disgruntled superstar. That's really what I think the Orlando Magic are waiting to do. I think they're building assets to go after the one of the next big pissed-off superstars. That's my personal opinion. But he's going to be in a lot of trade rumors. His contract is super friendly. Right. So get ready for every team and their mother to be calling for Aaron Gordon and for his name to be popped up in every single trade conversation. Um, he's not untouchable, but I think it's going to be a very high price to get him out of a Magic uniform this season.
2: Yeah, that makes sense because a lot of Pacer fans are still on the fence with the whole Turner and Sabona starting together. Uh, the duo of two centers playing center and power forward in a modern-day basketball. Now, whether it's, you know, moving on from Sabonis or moving on from Turner, a lot of people have mentioned that they would like Aaron Gordon to be the Pacers power forward to kind of complete their roster. And I think that he would actually be a really good fit here with Indiana, not having to be the main scoring option and, you know, being utilized in different ways. And I think defensively, he's just a really good defensive player as well. And I think the Pacers would really benefit from that. But I don't really know what the Pacers would be willing to give up to get someone like Aaron Gordon. Uh, Whether it was one of their big men, it doesn't really make sense because the Magic already have a handful of big men. So it had to be a three-team trade, in my opinion, if the Pacers were going to leverage him away. And I, I feel like, whether it's Turner or Sabonis, whoever wants that center would be willing to take on the Pacers center, the Pacers would get Aaron Gordon to fill that power forward rule. And then that guard would go to Orlando. But I have no idea what kind of trade that would actually work to make that happen. I mean, you could say D'Angelo Russell, but I don't think Golden State would want uh, a turnover or Sabonis over Aaron Gordon in that situation.
1: Right. Yeah. They're see, you know, D'Angelo Russell, that's, I think that's more of a team to team trade. Uh, maybe, um, you know, if, if, Portland gets really desperate, and they're ready to upgrade at their center position until, um, I'm spacing on his name, that comes back, Nurkic, till Nurkic can come back. If they're really frustrated and trying to mix things up, there could be something in the works there if they want to get let go of, like, a CJ McCollum. If they're ready to break that up, if they get really desperate, um, you know, another... Trade type that people are interested in is maybe like a Spencer Dinwiddie type package. I don't know what that yeah, is. I
2: don't think he's on the same level as Aaron Gordon. I don't though.
1: think so either. They were talking. Uh, this was a, a rumor. It was like Dinwiddie and uh uh, what's their three point shooter? The oh, white Joe dude. Harris. Joe Harris. Yeah, Dinwiddie and Harris uh, for like a Gordon. I don't know. That's not my favorite. Um, no, you know, you it, guys I want that. like a. I want a D'Angelo Russell, a C.J. McCollum. Honestly, I'm ready to just hold on to Aaron Gordon and, or any trade until the well, summer. what's up with all when, these
2: stupid Spurs trades? DeMar DeRozan? That's stupid.
1: Like that? well, yeah. I don't
2: understand it. Like I don't like that at all.
1: You know what I think it was? I, I, I think it was just Kevin O'Connor calling – Around seeing what teams have been actively looking for scoring and I think the Magic's name just came up as us making a lot of phone calls, looking for where people are you know, might be willing to let go of someone. And DeMar Rosen's name is gonna be in in conversations just like Aaron Gordon's are just simply because of their contracts. Well, I, I'm fine um, with DeRozan
2: going there, but not for Aaron but, Gordon. I mean, they could make a better trade no, than that.
1: I think so too. And honestly, You're a Vucevic,
2: like if you to be honest, I mean, I know Vucevic is everybody's favorite down there. He's a fan favorite. He's a great, you know, great guy with All Star last year. But I just think. Last year was his ceiling. You're not going to get much more from Booch. Uh,
1: honestly, we might even be able to get we might even be able to get Aaron uh, DeRozan for cheaper than that. Like, what what's a guard that doesn't shoot threes at all worth in a modern NBA right now? Well, he's on the um, contract
2: year. That's the only thing.
1: Yeah, he's got a player option for next year too. So it's it's if you're not shooting a three, I don't know how much I want you on my team, anyways. Because I mean, if Orlando if you
2: basketball that's important.
1: Yeah, for sure, but. Surround I don't know, him man. with shooters. Like,
2: Surround him with shooters.
1: If we could throw in, like, Evan Fournier, Wesel and some kind of, like, top protected first round pick, maybe that would be worth it, but I don't know. That might even be a little much. We'll see. <laughs>
2: The DeMar DeRozan I'm not,
1: I, hate I, is so real. I love DeRozan. He's a great guy. I just don't want him <laughs> in a, a magic uniform, guy. you know? Oh, okay. I just don't want him in a magic uniform. This team really lacks in three-point shooting, Alex. I I don't want anyone that's yeah. – like, and Evan Fournier shooting the three at 45% this year. Yeah, he's been I know really it's super the, early. Yeah. He's, he's been balling right now, so I don't know, man. Are you guys – are you expecting uh, – before we wrap it up, are you expecting an Evan Turner – Um, uh, uh, sorry, Turner. Sabonis? Sorry, Miles Turner and DeMontis Sabonis uh, kind of trade this year. Or you think they let it play out one more season? What are you What are you thinking? Well, they
2: can't really trade Sabonis this year because of the right. contract extension. So uh, unless they get that poison pill, you know, I don't really see that happening. But, you know, I think that if the right trade came along for Turner, they would listen. I don't know if they'd have the guts to pull the trigger on it right now, uh, especially since it's been such a small sample size. They've won. Games together, not very many. I think they're one and four, and they've played together for the entirety of the game. So when they both have started, and now it's not been all their fault. The first three games of the year, they looked horrible offensively. We're still trying to gel, so we really don't know right now. To just be honest with you, we don't know what's sure. going to happen with these two because it's too early in the season, and with Turner's injury keeping him out for eight games, that really put a, a damper on them getting any chemistry and the Pacers getting any sample size of what to see. So. Honestly, I, I think that if they're playing well enough, they'll ride it out this year, don't want to mess up with the chemistry. And like I said, it's a three year plan, so we'll we'll see. But if teams are calling about Turner again like they have been the last couple of years and the offers are just something they can't refuse, I just I just don't know how they can trade Sabonis after what he's done so far this season. I mean, the Pacers have never had a big man in the NBA that's averaged over fifteen rebounds a game. And the numbers he's putting up, while I know they're going to come down a little bit, to me it's just hard to see them passing up on someone who's being so productive and someone they use so frequently in their offense. And Miles Turner is a modern-day center. He is, like you mentioned, shoots threes, blocks shots. That's what you want from your center. Well, the Pacers don't play a modern style of offense. They play an old-school basketball uh, we're just going to beat you to death with our defense, kind of like Orlando does, but they actually have guys that can create on offense too. And they didn't have that for a, a couple years. You know, Oladipo was a huge surprise when he first came from OKC. Like, nobody expected that. The Pacers were kind of like, maybe we'll be good enough to make the eight seed. But they got the 5th seed, took the Cavs 7 games. I mean, just blew expectations out of the water. So, yeah, uh, long long answer short, I apologize. I know I've been it's okay rambling a lot, but... The thing is, I don't see a trade this season that they'll make unless it's for a draft pick that's a top 10 lottery pick, possibly. And they'd have to get something really, really good as far as a power forward goes in return. Other than that, I think that they'll write it out. And like you mentioned with Aaron Gordon, a trade in the summer makes more sense. Yeah, yeah. Especially with the free agency this year, there's not a lot of free agents and I think the lot...
1: trade market's going to be wild this yeah. summer.
2: And it's it's going to be what we see the most movement in because there's not going to be a lot of room for cap-wise. I think like Atlanta's one of the only teams that has like a ton of room to offer a max contract and the only person really available out there is going to be Anthony Davis who will go back to the Lakers. So Right. Yeah, so there's there's not Listen. a lot of players out there and that's why it was huge for the Pacers to get Sabonis. Uh, this year, before he entered restricted free agency, because a team like Atlanta could offer him twenty to twenty-five million dollars, then the Pacers have to say, "Are we going to let him walk for nothing, or are we going to match it?" So, they they were smart, got the deal done in advance, so don't have to worry about that, and they've got him for the next four years. So, ultimately, man, I, I just I'm excited for both of our teams' futures. I think they've got some young, promising talent, and you know they could eventually be trade partners. I mean, I don't know how much you guys like Aaron Holiday, but I mean. He's a guard that can shoot threes and can score, and I think he's a fun player. If the Pacers would be willing to part with him and Turner for Gordon and some other kind of package, I think that might be uh, an interesting uh, trade discussion. Not saying I would necessarily do that. It might be too much on the Pacers' thought process of giving up both Turner and Holliday. But at the end of the day, my man, the, these two teams have good futures, and I'm excited to see where they go.
1: Yeah, I, it's a it's a shame that we're recording this podcast on a night right after the Magic have like their two biggest injuries in the last two seasons, and yeah. I you know I couldn't speak more positively on on this matchup coming up tomorrow because like you said, these teams are young, they are exciting. Um, you know, outside of a couple of of our older veterans like DJ Augustine, like. We have a really nice young team. Aaron Gordon's 24. Jonathan Isaac is 22. Um, Markel Folds 21. Mo Bamba is a super raw project, but who knows what he can look like in another two years? He's a three, he's a three-four year project, anyways. Um, I was hoping more two-to-three year project with Bamba, but he's really looking more like three-to-four, and that's okay. You know, he'll he he should be a nice player. You know, around that time. Um, the next couple of years for these teams are, are going to be really nice. You know, I'm somewhat expecting a little bit of a rusty year for Oladipo, kind of like uh, Gordon Hayward had last year, where it really doesn't come around until the following season. And then I expect him to come back and just shred for you guys, and that's going to be really exciting to watch. And yeah. and he is so young. You know, The Magic should have never let him go in the first and that's a story i don't want to get into but i'm happy that he's at least back into another small market that can enjoy a really bright player like him because you know being in a small market like the magic are getting that super bright awesome all-star is a rarity and uh you know you only really do it through draft and trade and yeah. it's nice that you actually had one that worked out and i'm happy for your franchise right now it's great
2: well, just remember this. Every time you see Terrence Ross light us up, that's eventually who you guys got back for DeMontis Sabonis and Victor Oladipo.
1: So, hope and you guys Markel enjoyed. Fultz. We got a pick along with that that we actually used in the Markel Fultz trade. Yeah, but that wasn't so, the whole
2: reason that the trade went
1: I down. I know, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah don't try to really throw Markel did. Fultz on this. That's ridiculous. Oh, I have just... to, though. I have to. So the the we got back a, a protected OKC first round pick that turned into two seconds and that is the first round pick that the 76ers got for markel fultz all we right, traded right. yeah it's that's the only thing that's still in the nba because we also traded jonathan simmons who's not in the nba and that pick so the second thing is in the nba i gotta hold on to something alex <laughs> uh, all right all right well
2: we hope you guys enjoyed this preview uh, and a little bit of aaron gordon discussion steven it was great having you on and i appreciate talking to you man
1: Alex, we got to do this again, man. Uh, Too much fun talking basketball with you. It's been, I think, at least a year, if not longer. So we'll make it happen again real soon. Thanks, Alex. All right, man. Sounds good. I'll talk to you then.
2: All righty, Pacer fans. That does it for another episode here of Setting the Pace on PacersTalk.net. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at SettingThePace3 and on Instagram at PacersTalk. Until next week, we'll talk to you later, Pacer fans. Let's go, Pacers.